This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the Oklahoma Sports Show. I am Jason Evans. Alongside me uh, via the telephone is Jared Kennedy. Uh, Jared, it was another wild Saturday of college football, especially here in Oklahoma. Uh, how how are you taking it? Well, I'm, I mean, not very good. <laughs> Pretty DO'd if you ask me. Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll get we'll get to find that out here as we talk. Let's you know let's get right into it. It, it was another uh, day of, of some crazy college football. We saw a wild ending in the LSU Auburn game. We saw um, some big wins for Ole Miss. They got back on track. But let's just start right uh, right here out of the gate with Oklahoma State losing to Baylor thirty five to twenty four in Waco. Um, Jared, I, I think it's easy to say as an Oklahoma State fan, it was a frustrating game. Uh, to say the least. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. I, you know, I watched that game and there's areas we, we did better. We were actually running the ball fairly decent, but it's it's our coaching and I don't I don't freaking care. I you know what? Your seats call us up. I would love to talk. I don't freaking care. Your seats if we want to continue to play this, uh let's just have good enough coaches that they don't go nowhere, then then this is where we're gonna be at for the next fifteen years. I agree. Get him out and get somebody knows I mean, watching this game is just frustrating. I Oh, I don't even know where to begin. I just like, like for instance, the la- the last couple minutes of the game. Okay, we should go down there. Yes, Hill fumbles, and it's it's huge. And that right there was pretty much the done deal. But you know, we use our timeouts. We have like a minute twenty eight left or so left on the clock. Yes, we're down ten eleven points. But you know what? Hello, has anybody ever seen that? You know the Central Michigan game. You know. uh Wild things have happened. Why the heck, when we don't have any timeouts, why are we we throw it, we throw it, and then then we run it like twice? Why are we even running the ball? Like it makes no sense. Some of those plays that he was calling, but like even a minute and a half left. I'm I'm just thinking, let's score fast. I mean, let's let's get a field goal, whatever. Then let's shoot for an onside kick, and then heck, let's do another. Let's try for a. Hell Mary, you know, a, a hook and ladder, Central Michigan style. Let's try. But I feel like we don't even try. Like, I feel like like we, we we get to a certain point and we just, let's just wave the flag and not get anybody else hurt. And let's just take our loss and, and consider it a moral victory because we freaking rushed the ball for 200 yards. Lonnie freaking dog. You know what? Let's, I, I'm just sick of this mediocre crap. I just... I want to be good. That's it. <laughs> All right, that's the show, everybody. Um, no, uh, let, let's just start there with the coaches uh, because I I agree completely. We'll we'll talk about the players and the mistakes the players made in a moment. But here's here's my thing. I I tweeted this out. Yersich makes four hundred thousand dollars a year for this, and and what that was yeah. was was in reference to is Oklahoma State. Okay, we know they can't run today. 
They had 55 attempts for 213 yards. That's still only 3.9 yards per carry. But hey, for for where Oklahoma State has been, that that was pretty good. You saw a hundred yard rusher yeah. for, for the second straight for the second straight game. But everybody, whether you're on TV, whether you're in the stands, whether you're an OSU fan, whether you're a casual observer, whether you're Joel Klatt, who's who's calling the game with Gus Johnson, everybody could recognize you do not run to the side of the field. We we cannot do it. They're, they don't have yeah. the ability to contain the ends. You don't have the speed in the running back position. Uh, maybe maybe one day he'll will, but but as it stands right now, uh, I, I would love for someone to run the numbers, and I, I I may get bored enough to watch this game again and and try. But but you you can't tell me that OSU didn't probably average three and a half to four just going up the middle, but they averaged maybe a yard to to zero yards if they ran to the outside. And and we're right. and we're sitting here continually trying to pound the ball to the outside of the field and to make it worse to the short side of the field, which oh why would, did we do that? That's what I was being at. Yeah, I I can't figure that out to save my life. And 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 that's that's all. It's either on your sitcher Gundy or it's on both of them. But either way. Their ability to call a game. I mean, okay, listen. For anyone who doesn't know Jared and I, they you may just think, well, we're about to just ramble on the coaches and blah blah blah, like any any irrational fan. Well, here's the deal: we've watched Oklahoma State our entire life. We've been through the Pat Jones era. We've been through the Bob Simmons era, the Les Miles era, and now the Mike Gundy era. We we know. Oklahoma State, and we know their tendencies, and we know their culture. And with this coaching staff, this is nothing new. It's it's short wide receiver screens. It's drag routes that are at the line of scrimmage instead of five yards down the line of scrimmage. And it's running to the short side of the field or running when your lead blockers are going the opposite direction. And it's yeah, it's never and worked. Like the, the, the jet sweep. I don't understand that. We we run that jet sweep to the short side. It's designed for speed to get out and go well, when you when you have 10, 10, 15 feet i don't understand short side i don't know why yeah, it, it, well, it just it doesn't make any sense. And if you're Mike Yersich and you're getting paid that much, I need you to have a better game plan. Because here's the thing. If you look on paper, uh, Baylor had 523 yards of offense. Oklahoma State had 492, 279 passing, 213 rushing. Uh, it really, on paper and in a lot of ways, Oklahoma State should have probably won. And they had every opportunity to win. Having said that, Baylor, having said that, Baylor took care of business, and and you can't right. you cannot deny that. But but I'm just sitting there looking right. at the game plan that the offensive coaches put for Oklahoma State, and honestly, I can't even see how they got 492 yards because it didn't seem to me like they they really did anything that would maximize Oklahoma State's uh, positives to to uh, to sh- to show what Baylor's negatives were on defense, and that that's what was frustrating for me to watch. 40, 40, 41 minutes and twenty seven seconds time of possession that we had the ball to their eighteen minutes. That over a over a hundred snaps. A hundred and one snaps on our offense. I mean, a hundred and one. That that. Like you said, it turnovers is what cost the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're we're big fans of uh, of Hill. I, I'm a big fan of Hill. I love the way he runs, and I'm a big fan of Childs. But let me tell you something, Jeff Hill. Let me tell you something, freshman. I love you. 
you're, you're a heck of a back, man. You are who I want in the backfield. But if I don't care how good you are, if you can't hold on to the ball, get him out. Put put somebody else in there that's going to hold on to the ball. I hate that for the kid. Like, you know, you would, you would text me. You, you hate it for him. You have a great game, 122 yards rushing, uh, running the ball hard. And then that's how, you know, on, on two of your turnovers, it converts into to 14 points for the other team. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that for the kid. But having said that, this is D1, son. You got to be better. You got to learn to tuck, hold on to that ball, and, and you got to be more careful with that ball. It's not going to get done. Turnovers is what causes this game. But on, on the other hand, I, I just so. Hmm. What you're saying about coaches, it's just, listen, I'm not trying to take away anything. Listen, I'll be the first to admit, I was not a Mike Gundy fan. I've said that time and time again when he came in. Okay? But I will give him his due respect. I, I Yes, I believe that Les Miles is what came in here, turned this program around, got it into the going into the right direction, got us back into the bowl uh, season and all that stuff. Now, you add boom picks and pickings in the mix, everything that he did for this university. And then you bring a homeboy in, Mike Gundy. I wasn't a fan at first, but the way he's run this program, you know, not tolerating, you know, some of the stuff getting run. I, I respect that. I think he's done a great job. I, have, I haven't I completely jumped on the Mike Gundy. You know, I'm not just going to give him all sorts of praise because he continues to do, you know, stuff like this. But, but I, I will give him credit where credit's due. Having said that, I, I just feel like we're stu- we're stuck in this wall of uh, uh, it's okay if, if your suggestion is the best because at least we're going to keep him and we can gain some consistency. That's bullcrap. We go after the best. I don't care. I, you know what? If people if people keep snagging him up, well, yeah, that sucks. It sucks for us, but at least it tells me that we're getting the best, that, that we have the best because people want to come in and snag him up. I, nobody's snagging up your seat. I wish they would. And listen, he's probably a great guy. This is nothing personal against him. This is simply his high school call, play calling. It's not going to work in big league. I'm sitting here calling play for play what he's going to do. It's yeah. like, it's just, listen, our run game was actually had a chance. We, we were moving the ball. We were doing some things. But like you said, it's like, we run that outside stuff when we're pounding it for four yards, four, four or five yards, every time right up the middle. Yet when we try to push it to the outside, it's going negative three yards. Our run game was actually headed in a positive direction. The problem was he wasn't setting it up for success. I mean, it, weeks, it's, it's, you come in there, you, you run, you run, you run, you know, you run, you run, you pass. You run, you run, you pass. It's like so, like, do something creative. Be creative with it. Change things up. It, it's it's just frustrating when you're when you're in a game like this, and and you know two or three times you're down there should score, and then uh, give, give credit to Baylor. I mean they they made some defensive stands, came up with some big uh, big time turnovers, but you have to punch it in the end zone. You have to uh, you have to be better. You, uh, it's it's just frustrating because. You had a chance to go into the number 16 team in the nation in their home, and you had a chance to take that victory, get OSU back in the rankings, and, and, and talk about it again. 
and and we just we didn't take advantage of it. We squandered it away. Yeah, so that's what's really frustrating. Yeah, and I agree. I think any Oklahoma State fan is really going to think that they, I, I don't know if I should say should have won this game, but but it's it's definite that Oklahoma State had every opportunity to win this game, and they just could not uh, maximize on it. I, I want to take you to a specific drive in the third quarter uh, when Oklahoma State was they were down twenty eight twenty four and. Uh, this is the first time that they had the ball inside the Baylor red zone and they failed to score. But um, you saw Rudolph actually run on scrambles a couple times for some big yards. Yeah. He, he had a 25-yard run that picked up a first down, and then he had another 12-yard run that set up a fourth and two uh, at the Baylor four. Uh, Baylor calls timeout. It's fourth and two. Oklahoma State sets up to go for it. And obviously, you can be the king of a second guesser now, but uh, it's 28-24. They're still, I mean, the fourth quarter just started, so you're still 13 minutes left in the fourth. Did you like the, the well, first, not let's not worry about the play call, but did you like Gundy going for the touchdown there, or would you like to have seen the field goal? Well, at the top, no, I, I like, uh, go for the touchdown simply because at that point, what were we, 24 to 28? Yeah, we're down four. We're down four. I, I'm thinking at this point, we kick a field goal, we're still down one, and they're still controlling the clock, and they're still uh, they're still going to go score on us because I hadn't seen, even though our defense had started stepping up, it, it was that little stuff, you know, the little play action yeah. right back going to the fullback. That stuff was killing us. Uh, and and our secondary was just getting burnt all night long. Definitely, Lanskin, and, and I mean, I I don't know what I don't. I guess their receivers are that good. I I don't know because they I don't see. That's what always I, I don't ever understand it with other coaches. I, I think I, do I just see that and other people don't like. Why don't they take advantage of like I'd be like I'd be throwing that all day long. Like why are you even trying to run the ball? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to that all day long. But well, I think I what, think well, real fast. So I think part of that though is first of all, yes, I believe re- Baylor's receivers are that good, at least in their yeah. quick their quickness and how precise they run their routes. But what it is, yeah. I think, that makes Baylor so effective and and so tough is is we Oklahoma State is running a defense that makes their safeties have to choose: do I come up to to help with the run or do I stay over the top on a deep route? And Baylor is so effective at running the ball. Uh, on the middle of the field that it, it really, right. it really keeps the defensive safeties honest, which is what allows that one-on-one coverage. And on those stop and go routes, uh, Oklahoma state's secondary has shown a propensity to try to jump routes. And Ramon Richards is the best and the worst because, uh, he'll, he'll get, he'll get an interception. It seems like at a key moment, but just at the same time, he'll bite on a route and, and give up a, a massive, yeah. massive pass, and and so yeah. I, I I do think part of it is just Baylor's overall game plan is what is what makes it difficult for Oklahoma State. But but go back to the fourth and two. So you know, yeah, I, I like that. I, I I like that call because I think we're going to have to punch it in the end zone to win this game. And right there, the way you know, Randy and you know Hill been you know punched up the middle. Me myself, but this is where I, you know, I'm like get, get creative. I, I, I miss, I miss Holderson and guys like that. You know, Munkett. No, they, they were creative and they came up with different stuff. Put, put Mason under center. 
how about a naked boot or something like that? You know, that zone read was, was, was working, but why don't you tell Mason, you know, tell him, keep the ball because they were biting on those backs all night long. Yeah. That's why Mason was able to, you know, get some of those yards that he got. But just everybody in that stadium knew what was coming. I mean, heck, the only thing question in my mind was like, knowing us, we'll try to throw a secret space yeah. right here <laughs> to Washington. And I mean, that would have been ridiculous too. But yeah, I like the call. I do now. Of course, like always, as you get to the end of the game, and I'm thinking, why the heck didn't we kick the field goal? Because then we're only down, yeah. you know, thing. And then, and then, so obviously, yeah, you, you always second guess that. But no, I actually, at the time, I I like that call because I think we got to get in the end zone anyways, and it's a little momentum swing, and the way our defense, you know, we were kind of on a little bit of a roll there. I just, I thought we needed that. Yeah. And, and may I just go ahead and mention, and I'm sorry if there's any Grogan family or fans out there listening, as a kid, as a player, listen, I, I congratulate you, you know, all these guys. Nothing is ever personal that I talk about, you know, these guys. It, it's, I'm sure they're great, outstanding kids. But I want to talk about Ben Grogan as the kicker. Why do we continue to put him on the field time and time again when he has proven that he can't get the job done? Uh, why? Evan Gold went out there last week or the week before, I think it was last week, and freaking kicked a 52-yarder. And that's all we've seen of him. Like, we continue to go back to Grogan, and even his extra points are shaking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's but, one I didn't like it either. Well, yeah, I, I agree there. I, and that's one thing that gets lost in all this. You know, the, I mean, Grogan missed a 44-yarder. Uh, earlier in the first half, and you know, I mean, you can't. I mean, we could pick all this to death, uh, but but Grogan had those shots. He's going to finish his career as the all-time leading scorer in Oklahoma State history. He's he's going to do his part, but but you can't. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust him in those in those situations. And it's just like the one he missed was set up on a fourth and two, where Oklahoma State had the opportunity to go for it, but Gundy does his typical we're gonna do the we're gonna do a hard count to try to draw him off sides and then call timeout and then send the field goal unit out. And that's exactly what they did. I remember when we ran that play in seventh grade, it worked about eighty percent of the time yeah. because in seventh grade we're a bunch of idiots who are still trying to learn how to play. But these are college athletes who who can see when the quarterback claps his hands. And so that's that's a totally different story. But the the thing I, I agree that the fourth and two I think they should have gone for it I'm not going to second guess that I I would have liked to have seen something more creatively uh, like you but my thing is Brad Lundblad you everyone knows everyone in the stadium knows what's coming and you of all people are supposed to know who's coming because you're on the offensive line and you know my one job is to get my guy a yard backwards if I can push him a yard backwards we at minimum get a first down and most likely get a touchdown and he got absolutely stood up and and you just you cannot let that happen um it it just cannot happen and 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 so you know Oklahoma State gets out of it the defense I was I know the defense they they gave up some huge plays and the secondary got got toasted just all night, but but you think about it. One of the Baylor touchdowns was off of a crazy tip pass that just went right into this guy's hands when the defense oh, had, yeah. had already committed. So there's seven points right there. That that the the backbreaker that made it thirty five twenty four. Everyone knew that was coming. OSU wasn't going to recover from that fumble 
at the one yard line. It just wasn't wasn't going to happen. And and you know when Hill when Hill fumbles right there, uh, it I think everybody knew this game this game was over. I I was typing notes yeah. furiously throughout this whole game, and and I, I read it word for word. Hill fumbles at the one yard line. Dot dot dot. Ball game. Dot dot dot. Baylor ninety nine yard touchdown drive. And sure enough, yeah. a minute and a half later, that's exactly exactly what happened um but as as far as the defense goes yes they gave up big plays but overall i mean when was the last time we we oklahoma state played baylor and and baylor only ran 60 plays yeah yeah exactly i you know that's and that's the thing i think that's what gets lost in this whole thing because because i'm sitting here you look at the things and and you're exactly right our defense actually played a heck of a game. It's just it gets lost in those. We stick and hold them to you know third down and long or you know whatever, and 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 their play calling. We bring the house and they they come with a little play action, dump it right over the top to their fullback, and it goes one one I think went for a touchdown and the other went for a first down or whatever. Yeah. Like we give up those plays, we we let the quarterback scramble for first down, and so I get so frustrated. So we had we had a few of those big plays that we gave up, but absolutely overall, you you can't really ask much more of our defense besides getting just a couple more turnovers. I know we got a couple turnovers, but I mean we had we had a couple defensive stands, and and and, and like you said. Right there before, you know, on that fourth and two when we went for the the, the uh, possession before that, I think Baylor makes a huge mistake. Yeah. I think makes a huge mistake in going for it fourth and one, and it was like one of those quick things. You know, you got Terrence Williams, boom, boom, three times right in a row, and then they get fourth and one, and they try running him right back up the middle again for no gain. Huge mistake. Right there on the, like the Baylor 24. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? This is our opportunity. And, and and we go down there, we drive, and then it ends, you know, the way it did, you know, fourth and two or whatever. And, yeah. and so, yeah, you look at our defense overall, I think I think, uh, I think, think our, our front, you know, did exceptionally well. I think our, our middle guys uh, did, did okay. But our secondary has got to get better. And the thing is, we weren't even pressing them. Like we're we're not even up on them pressing them. You know, a lot of times you play that conservative, that conservative defense. We we play ten yards, five yards off the, you know, off the receiver, and we give them that little bit of cushion. We'll we'll give them those short little routes, but we're not going to let them burn us on the deep routes. So a lot of times that drives me nuts because I'm like, get up there and press them because all they're doing is just these little short routes all the way down the field. But in this case, we weren't pressing them. We were off, you know, five, ten yards off the ball, and we were we still got burnt. Yeah. Because the receivers were just like you said, they must they're that good. They th- those shoots, they were they were just their routes they were running were so crisp. Uh, I mean, so our secondary, I think, is you know what we lack tonight. But overall, I, I would absolutely say uh, it, it wasn't too bad of an outing for our defensive front. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, I just – it's so odd, I think, for a Oklahoma State team. But, I mean, I, I think if, if 
on the offensive side of the ball is where this game was lost for Oklahoma State. And I think that's what's frustrating for for a, a program that's kind of become known right. as, hey, we're at least going to score. And but but you know the defense might be suspect, and I think that that and, is kind of reversed at this game, which is is always surprising. I think for for yeah. OSU fans. And how is that how is that possible for this game? You yeah, one hundred and one plays. 40, yeah, one hundred and one plays. Forty one minutes. You're looking at that, and you think our team just dominated. If if we have the ball forty one minutes to their eighteen, I mean. You would think our offense, what that tells me is our offense uh, opposite of what we did last week against Pitt and hit the quick strikes, deep balls down the middle. Uh, I mean, we maybe stood down the field one time or two. I said, what, what this tells me is we drove the length of the field. We put together good six, seven-minute drives yeah. staying there every time. So, I mean, I, you look at that and you think, how can you be disappointed in the offense? And I think – like you said, it boils right down to turnovers and decision making. As far as uh, you know, I'm sorry to say, it play calling. I mean, I, I think your play calling and your uh, turnovers obviously is what you know causes this game. I look at I look at the office and I think our line was actually giving Rudolph a little bit of. I mean, there were times he had 13 seconds yeah. in a row. Yeah. So answer me this, Jason. How in the world, you know, we've been ha- I've been talking about it. We've been talking about a receiving course all, all year long, and we're like, where are they at? They're supposed to be at the top of the nation. Then last week, we saw glimpses of them. We we're like, whoa, hey, here they are. They showed up. We were running wide open. Now we go right back to Jason. That, I would have loved to have been there, which I was almost – I was – about 95% going to this game as of yesterday, but things didn't work out. I would have loved to have been this game live so I could have seen the uh, the pan of the field yeah. and, and, you know, saw saw those matchups because how in the world can you have, you know, six seconds to throw a ball? Because if you go back and watch this game, there were numerous times our line was given Mason ample time to throw the ball. Yeah, we had nobody open. Nobody open. Are the, are their backs that good? Well, yeah, I was kind of wondering the same thing, and and you know, I overall I think Fox did a did a fine job on the broadcast, but they did not show a lot of analytical replays because they kept yeah. talk they kept talking about how they were they were boxing uh, Washington and they had the safety shadowing over and I totally believe it I you saw it anytime yeah. when you threw it to Washington he was definitely double covered but so that's a great move by Baylor that's a great right. that, that's a great play it's a great uh 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 I just told it scheme. That's a great scheme for them. We're going to make somebody else. You, either OSU is going to have to run the ball, or somebody else is going to have to beat him. Well, OSU for for OSU, they ran the ball about as well right. as they probably could, and and nobody stepped up on that other side. And I was wondering the same thing. Okay, how can somebody not be open? And the only thing without seeing an all twenty two camera that I could think of is maybe the receivers for Oklahoma State just weren't actually continuing their routes. 
Maybe they were yeah. just maybe they were just running their routes, but if if they weren't open initially, maybe they didn't do anything to to continue those routes. And yeah. because if if a safety is always shadowed over to Washington, and if if ninety percent of Washington's plays are either just fly deep or going to run a deep out ten to twelve yard out pattern, then that middle of the field has to be open either the middle of the field or the the other side of the field has to be open because you're only leaving one safety then to decide where they're where they're going and i know baylor runs that they they run that the nickelback so i know there's an extra right. extra guy there but there still has to be a spot a spot in the field that open that oklahoma state i don't believe even tried to take advantage of no like i think i think what we should we we saw it a little bit at the end you put Barry J back there, and he he bumps his guy, he pass blocks, and then he bounces out. Yeah, he, he bounces up top, and the times that he were out there, he threw it to him. I think a time or two, and he, he, you know he got a few yards. But every time he did that, he was, I felt like he was open, like he was wide open. So I'm like, why aren't we doing more of that stuff? Their guys were doing it. I mean, they were. They they could have they could have ran that play action over the top every single play, and they would have burnt us. Yeah, and, and I was thinking the same thing. How could? I, but I don't know because it would show the play and it would show Rudolph, you know, dancing around the pocket. I mean, once again, he, he did a great job of pocket presence, moving around. You know, and he even scrambled better. But he had all the time in the world, and then it would show. It, he would throw the ball either out, away, or at the guy's feet, or whatever. And then it showed like Lacey. Like, you know how you've run back and forth, and you're just, you're running so hard, you're trying to get away. And at the end, and then you just fall, and you lay there, and you're exhausted. Like, there were a couple times after pass plays, I would see our receivers, you know, on the ground laying down like they were just exhausted. And I'm like, are, are their backs that good? Like, that we can't we can't shake him at all. Like I, I that's why I, w- I would love to see the aerial footage of this game. Yeah, see w- what actually was going on because I just could not believe. Go back and watch this game and replay. There were numerous times. Yeah, there were times he was under duress and, and rolling out the pocket stuff like that. But there were also a handful of times he had ten seconds to throw the ball. That is an eternity in a in a. In the pocket, he and and we couldn't find anybody. That just and even when he would roll out and scramble and look, usually when the quarterback rolls out to scramble, somebody's biting on him. Somebody's getting left open. Yeah, nobody. I I just I don't know. It I don't know. I would love to see the the game footage of this field. I just either just our our. Uh, I think that's probably what we're doing. Probably the reason they weren't is because they were probably all fly route, like you said. And our guy, you probably got Washington running straight down the field, and Seals running straight down the field because that's all we seem to do. Yeah, we run little out passes, those little wide receiver screens that work one time every seventy plays, and then we run fly routes down the middle. Where where the heck was you know McCleskey? Every time you needed a big play. McCluskey came through with a big catch, yeah, play a big run. Where was where was he throughout the game? Why why was he only getting the ball when you know? I, I don't know. It just it's I, I don't know. I would like to see the footage of this game. I 
I'd like to see the aerial footage of this game to see what was going down. I can't explain it. Yeah. I just, 40, 41 minutes is just mind-boggling it, it is it's very baffling and you know you, you mentioned mccluskey there there was a there was a drive where he came up with uh two massive third down catches and they were both they were both with him moving towards the middle of the field and i think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago i think it's two weeks ago um you know it doesn't seem to me like oklahoma state is is utilizing that middle of the field uh, you know, you heard a lot yeah. about like Dylan Stoner in that slot position in preseason, and we we've we haven't seen him in any form or fashion except a, at either the Wildcat or trying to run jet sweeps with him or something. He did; they did run a, a, a you know reverse pass with him that went off McCluskey's hands that I feel like McCluskey probably should have had. But um, you know, like they it just to me. Without seeing the footage, you know the coaches are going to analyze all this stuff. But without without seeing the footage, it just seems to me like uh, there were no adjustments made to Baylor shadowing James Washington, and and because they didn't even try to put Washington in different places on the field, you know they they just lined him up on wide like they always do, and occasionally would send him in in motion. But but they didn't even try to get creative with his routes. You know, I texted you at one point. You know, if that if that safety's shadowing over on those fly routes with Washington, why not why not have him run a hard hard out and then as soon as that safety commits to his side, have him have him cut into a post route and see if he can just run past that safety. Um, you know, I don't know, yeah. and and I'm sure they they tried that probably once or twice. It just didn't work out probably um, without seeing you know a, a good aerial of the field. But it just it, it just seemed to me like Baylor. Uh, had had a game plan defensively that Oklahoma State it, they yes they ran the football but when they needed passing plays uh, it seemed like they didn't adjust to Baylor's defense really quite as well as they needed to. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping we t- you know we get Texas next week and you know I'm hoping this is a step in a positive direction as far as. Maybe we've kind of figured something out with our rushing, and I, I, I overall I felt like our O line play was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is how good is Baylor up front? They're small; they weren't very big. I, I don't, so I don't know. Was it a fact that Baylor uh, just wasn't very good up front, or did our O line have we figured something out with the rushing? Something and it may, and take, it, it may have been a little bit of both, right? I could take 213 yards rushing. Trust me, yeah. I could take that a lot better than what we have been doing. Yeah, it, 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 it's at least a step in the positive direction. It's not where we used to be, but I could take it. I mean, all the numbers are there. The th- the things are there. We just this game turnovers killed us, and j- just the little things. And it's as frustrating as it is. Uh, you got to give Baylor credit. I, I hate. I can't stand Baylor. I still wonder how the heck Baylor is good. It's freaking Baylor. I don't. That that baffles me. I don't understand that. But you got to give them credit. You know, you said it. You weren't totally convinced that. Uh, you weren't totally convinced that Baylor disappeared just because of the whole, you know, thing that went down at school and the, and the uh, Art Browse thing. And obviously they were out to prove something, and and they, I mean, they look good. They they played well. 
Yeah. I was, I was impressed with their defense, and I was impressed with uh, what the way they managed, you know, the game. And uh, I, I felt like they did a lot of good things. So. Yeah, I I agree. And um, you know, you mentioned Texas moving forward. Uh, this is this has to be a game if Oklahoma State is has is going to have any semblance of trying to to have a, a positive season because this is very quickly I think Oklahoma State fans are probably immediately looking back to 2014 and and kind of looking at this this season just you're sitting at two and two you've had definitely a loss that should not have been a loss and I know you're going to think about this game as being one perhaps Oklahoma State should have won but so now you've got Texas coming into town Oklahoma State hasn't beat Texas at home since 1997 and that's with good Texas teams and good Oklahoma State teams and not so good Oklahoma State teams and not so good Texas teams um if you if you kind of look on paper uh, Texas comes in two and one. They had a they had a bye week this week, and uh, Oklahoma State two and two. They they seem evenly matched. Both are averaging about forty four points a game, but Oklahoma State's is going to drop uh, a little bit after only putting out twenty four today. Um, but but just kind of seeing what you've seen of Texas, uh, can you give me any thoughts about about the game coming up this next Saturday? I think it's going to be another big. Uh... That up front, I think Texas is, Texas is a lot better up front. Uh, they're bigger, and I, I think they're faster. But they were pretty fast on on the outside. Yeah. But uh, Texas is uh, – I feel like they're always going to be bigger and stronger, and uh, they're going to give us more of a test up front. I, uh, you know, quarterback play, I, I, I think it's a toss-up uh, between, you know, I, I think we're going to – See about the same production of what we've seen, you know, this week uh, with uh, I just went blank. Uh, what's his name? Taylor's guy. Uh, Russell. 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 Yeah, Russell. Uh, Russell's a good quarterback, and I think that uh, uh, Texas is two guys. But I think we can also they can also get in trouble running that two quarterback system. I think if we come out, you know, and uh, shake him up a little bit, you know. That that two quarterback scheme is a. Uh, I always think it's a bit of a risk. Uh, I, I think if you can get on a team when they're trying to run two quarterbacks and shake them up, that it's hard for them to to catch the flow of the game. Yeah. And so I think if the defense can get on them and uh, mix a few things up to to have them guessing, because Texas is going to come in with a plan. Hey, look, we're going to we're going to start Bouchelle. What's the name, Bouchelle? Yeah. Something like that. We're going to start Michelle. You know, we're going to come in with suits. They're going to have a game plan figured out for those two. If we could come in and disrupt that game plan and have them guessing, you know, uh, who do we go with here? I think uh, I think it's going to be a big day for our defense. I think there's going to be some turnovers, stuff like that. I think uh, it always seems to me like even though we haven't beat them since '97 at home. I always feel like one thing about OSU is they're pretty tough on the road, and when they go on the road and lose a game like this, um, I would like to think that they're going to come back to their home crowd uh, and uh, they're going to have a better effort, uh, you know, all, all together. Not, we're not going to have as many turnovers, so so I like to see. I like to think that that home field advantage is going to, you know, help us out there. But but I I think the key to the game is those guys up front. I think uh, if we can manage, if we can, I, 
here's my prediction. If we can manage 200 rushing yards, then we're going to win the game. Uh, if if we struggle and can't do it and we're going to consist in the long ball, I think uh, Texas has a lot better backs than Pittsburgh does, and we're, we're going to be hurting on offense again uh, like we were this week. But if we can manage 200 yards on the ground, I think we walk away with the victory. If not, I think it's going to be another tough loss for the I, I like that. I, I think I can agree with that. I, I totally agree. What what's up front is going to be vital. You know, Texas uh, coming into next week, they average about two hundred, almost two hundred forty yards on the ground, and and Baylor had had really shown their ability to run coming into this Oklahoma State game, albeit against lesser opponents. And and for the most part, I think Oklahoma State's front seven. Uh, they did a good job controlling that that running game, and and I think that'll be vital uh, next week. I, I think they need to make uh, Texas have a lot of third and long situations, and really put Buchel under the gun um, as as a freshman quarterback coming in. Because with that two quarterback system, I just I feel like the the more experience Buchel gets, the less we're going to see swoops, except maybe in red zone situations. And so I think if Oklahoma State can can really bottle up that middle of the field and try to prevent Texas from from establishing a firm run game that's going to that's going to make Texas feel like Bichelle's going to have to do it with his arm and and after seeing Oklahoma State secondary this week that may not sound like the best thing but but uh, maybe being at home they can force a few more turnovers and and kind of get inside that freshman's head because uh, I, I think that'll be be vital I I think you know, Oklahoma State, I, I don't expect them to run 100 plays next week. Um, but I think if they can show any sign of a run game, kind of like you said, and if they can get 200 yards, I, I like their chances. Um, but, I, but I think that might be kind of a, a tall task uh, for, for, for OSU to get 200 yards on the ground. Um, oh, absolutely. My my thing is obviously I think Texas is going to look at this and they're going to see how they double covered uh, Washington in the Baylor game, and I'm I'm going to be anxious to see what Oklahoma State does to try to uh, a open Washington up so he can get more opportunities, or b put other people in in the hole that's filled by the double coverage, and that that didn't seem to be something they did against Baylor, and I'll be anxious to see if they they can figure out a way to do it next week. Uh, against Texas. Yeah, I mean, I, when you just look at what uh, what Texas does rushing the ball, I mean, they, they're a pound of ground, yeah, uh, a ground ground and pound uh, type team. That's what they like to do. Uh, their receiving core has got good numbers, but they don't have great, you know, great numbers. I mean, so. I just I like it up front if we could shut down the the front you know they're on defense stop that run game um, I think we'll have a ball game but like you said it's been since '97 and you know we were at that game in '97 last week at the Pittsburgh game uh, you know they always run they always have the uh, oh the historic plays of the uh, they they run a play and they look back at history let's okay, look back yeah. at history yeah you know the the play last week, I think it was last week, was a 97 game uh, against Texas and Alonzo Mays uh, making that catch and, and us winning it there, there at, uh, uh, against Texas. So it was cool uh, reminiscing over that. And I was thinking, you know, if we could just do that. But we've had a lot of heartbreaking games there yep. for Texas. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fun one. 
Yeah, it, 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 hopefully it will be a fun one. It will be a tough one, but, uh, if Oklahoma State's going to have any hope of, of really, uh, having opportunity to compete in the Big 12, it's a game that they have to win. They have to hold serve at home and they have to prove that, um, they're better than this two and two record. And so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they respond moving forward after, after losing a game against Baylor that a lot of players probably think they, they could have won. So, um, but, but Jared, uh, we've, we've aired our frustrations about Oklahoma state. Let's talk about some good news, uh, because I know we've got at least one Tulsa fan who, who has listened to our show and he's so excited that we talk about Tulsa, uh, Tulsa, Uh, (laughs) Tulsa is now three and one. They, they are a full game ahead of all the other Oklahoma schools in the record books. And, uh, they, they went to Fresno State and they won 48 to 41 in dramatic fashion, a double overtime win. And, you know, we, we kind of talked in, in last week's episode and then we did a preview right up on the, on our blog. And, and really, I mean, on paper, it just seemed like Tulsa should have had, uh, should have had their way with Fresno. Fresno was, was coming in one and two. Now they're one and three. But I'll tell you what, I, I was driving home, uh, trying to get back to be able to watch the game. And, uh, I got stuck in traffic and flipped on Twitter because the game was being streamed on Twitter. And it was, I, I saw Fresno State score to go up 31 to nothing with 10 minutes wow. left in the second quarter. And, uh, wow. I just, I just was like, what in the world happened? And so when I got home, I started kind of going back and, and, you know, Fresno just absolutely jumped on him early. Their kind of their first drive, uh, their quarterback throws a, it's supposed to be, just be a wide receiver screen pass, but it actually ended up being a lateral. It went, it went straight in the ground and it was a fumble. And, and a lot of the Tulsa players, they, they thought it was an incomplete pass. So they kind of let up and the guy picks it up and just runs it. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head how many yards it was, but it was like 70 something yards, I think. And, uh, and so just like that, it was, it was seven, oh, 44 yards. Sorry. I was, I gave him too much credit. Um, but it was seven to nothing. And then, uh, I mean, from there it was, a. 14 yard touchdown run, 14 nothing. A two yard touchdown run, 21 nothing. A field goal, 24 nothing. A 65 yard touchdown pass with 10 16 to go in the half, and it's 31 to nothing, Fresno. And then finally, uh, Tulsa just, they, they finally got clicking on offense. Dane Evans had been rendered completely ineffective until, uh, this, the, the next drive, and he has a 23 yard touchdown pass. They, they had a few, uh, momentum plays and, uh, Flanders and D'Angelo Brewer both, uh, got some big runs and then, the defense got a stop and then a 40 yard pass play. The defense gets another stop and another 40 yard pass, both from Dane Evans to Keevan Lucas and, and going into the half, instead of it being 31 to nothing, it was 31, 21. And, and, you know, so, so Tulsa, um, they, they made it a manageable game. And I know uh, you weren't able to tune in until overtime, right? Right. I, I had, uh, got to the place where I was going to watch the shoe game and then, uh, you had asked me and I, uh, you told me about the Twitter. So I actually logged on the Twitter and, uh, I caught the overtime and I thought, you know, I thought they were going to get it out in the first overtime. You know, they, they had that stop and then the, the guy, uh, they had their opportunity and then they missed the field goal. And then I thought, Oh, here we go. Yeah. We, we had the opportunity and then we just gave it away. But yeah, I, I, I got to catch the overtime. 
Yeah, and I mean, it was just one of those emotional games. You know that uh, the Tulsa players on the on the flight back home, I bet you every one of them slept uh, because it, it had to have been such an emotional game. D'Angelo Brewer, I mean, you talk about a game ball. 46 carries, 252 yards. And uh, not to mention James Flanders had 13 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. And uh, the the go-ahead score in regulation, Brewer just absolutely carried his team down to inside the 10, and then and then he kind of <laughs> wore out. They, they tried to give him a couple running plays, and he got stuffed. And so then Flanders came in with some fresh yeah. legs and uh, just, just finished oh, off yeah. the drive, and Tulsa went up. Uh, 38-34, and it looked like they they were were maybe you know finally broken that the the back of the Bulldogs, but then uh, Chase and Virgil, the the Bulldogs quarterback, just drove the team straight down, and actually he ran the team straight down and went up forty one thirty eight, and then a Tulsa field goal tied it, and you know then in overtime, like you said, uh, it was kind of wild, but uh, man, it was a big win for the Golden Hurricane to, to, you know, like we said, it, it seemed like they should have probably won and won easily. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but, yeah. to, but to be one down 31 to nothing right. uh, is the largest comeback in, in Tulsa football history. And uh, I mean, it was, and they kept saying on the broadcast that uh, Tim DeRuiter, the, the Fresno state head coach, he is 27 and zero when leading after three quarters. And so, I mean, you just kind of see all of that, that happened, and, and it was a big win for Tulsa. Dane Evans, uh, 22 of 32, 273 yards. He had four touchdowns and a pick, and so he just he just played a great game. It just took him took him a while to get to get rolling, but but once he did, uh, he he really got it going. And then, like I said, Brewer and Flanders they they carried the team to 344 yards of total total rushing on on that, 68 wow. attempts. Um, and so I and that's mean, kind of that's kind of that's kind of different, you know, for a Tulsa team, kind of a an air raid team to rush sixty eight times. That's uh, that's pretty un uncommon, you know. For usually they're airing it out sixty eight times. Yeah, I think but, uh, you know I, as I watch as I watch more uh, uh, Tulsa and you know Philip Montgomery style. I mean, obviously he he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for, for Art Bryles down at Baylor. And, you know, they, they, they've kind of have that philosophy of take what the defense gives you and they have the receivers and the skill players to spread the field. And, you know, Fresno just seemed to make the, 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 the statement that they weren't going to get beat over the top. And it really opened up those running games. And man, I've got to give hats off to that offensive line because they're in the end of the third quarter and throughout the whole fourth quarter. I mean, they were just dominating the line of scrimmage for the for the Golden Hurricane. And you know, it's it's always good as a as a couple big boys ourselves. I mean, it's always good when you can see that offensive line just to have their way. Oh yeah. Well, they, and then they got they have that thrill, thrilling victory, and now I know they they have a. The game back at home against SMU coming up, and uh, uh, I, I think you, you have that game against SMU, uh, a game that I think uh, you know you never know with SMU. They they're they're a team that you usually set records on, <laughs> and then uh, they're uh, the Oklahoma State usually does anyways. And then uh, every now and then they'll have you know. An okay team, but I, I think that's the game you get done. But then, but then, you, but that's the game you don't want to get caught looking ahead, preparing 
for a big opportunity at Houston, number six team in the nation. Sometimes, sometimes you get caught looking ahead, trying to worry so much about that. You, you, uh, pass right over a team like SMU. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, are they, uh, you think they're going to, uh, you know, be looking over SMU? Are they, are we going to, well, have a good game plan. I, 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 that scares me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see the tendency for it to be a trap game. Uh, you know, SMU they they got beat by TCU. I think it was thirty three to three. But uh, you know, they're going into the second quarter. It was six to three TCU. I mean, SMU tried yeah. to tried to hang with them. They did the same thing with Baylor. Uh, they just they just don't have the 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 horses, pardon my pun, um, to to keep up with those teams. And and you know I I think Tulsa, I I don't think Tulsa will look completely ahead and and stumble against SMU, especially not at home. Uh, but but you definitely can see that Houston game looming, and and you could see why maybe Tulsa would 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 look past the ponies but but I just think that that Tulsa will be able to put it together. SMU just doesn't I they just don't have what it takes on defense. I don't think um you know they're going into today's game against TCU and I haven't seen those those stats. Uh they were they were giving up 449 yards of of on on the defensive side of the ball. And against yeah. a, against a team like Tulsa it that doesn't bode well for for uh, SMU and so um, I, I think I think just seeing how Tulsa has been able to show hey we can run the ball or we can pass it pick your poison and against a team like SMU I think they're they're going to be able to to score and I think they're good their defense you know the defense in the second half they uh, of today's game I mean they only gave up 10 points in the second half and two overtimes and I mean that's for for the way the game started I mean that was a that was incredible defensive effort in the in the second half and so uh i i definitely see how there could be a tendency to overlook smu but i i just i've got to believe that tulsa will take care of business and be four and one as they head down to houston yeah i think their defense will step up get a job uh get it done i mean smus are like you know 110th in you know scoring offense and i think they're uh, you know, rushing their 48th and passing 53rd. So, I mean, looking at, you know, statistically what they've done on offense, um, I would think it's a, it's a, you know, a task that's well in hand that, that Tulsa could take care of. So hopefully they go, um, they take care of business and, uh, you know, they move in looking at what would that be? Four and one, yeah. four and one looking at Houston. So, uh, they and they have a they have a bit of a room to make a little bit of a run you know run here that you know but I don't know. Yeah, I you know I agree that you know if you can kind of look at the big picture for Tulsa if they can take care of SMU. Uh, the Houston game, obviously, they won't be favored. Obviously, you know, realistically, Houston, if if they're going to keep their their hopes alive, it's the game they need to win. But then uh, they come back home against the Tulane team that's two and two. And but hasn't played, you know, really the competition Tulsa has just because Tulsa's played Ohio State, and then they go to Memphis, which Memphis right now is has really just laid the wood to everyone they've played, including yeah. Kansas. Just poor, poor Kansas, who's ready for basketball season. But um, yeah, but you know, so they 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 have the opportunity in their next four games to really. 
um, really make some noise. And, 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 you know, we, in our preseason predictions, you know, we were kind of looking at, at a seven and five. I think I said an eight and four season. Well, you know, if they could, if they could go two and two out of this, out of this little four game stretch, you know, they're, they're yeah. still on task for that. But, you know, who knows if they could yeah. somehow pull one out on the road. I definitely think they have yeah. the skill players. I just, the, I just don't know if they have the overall depth. Um, to to get those those big wins down in Houston and and maybe there at Memphis too. Well, hey, listen, if it's a good time for them, now's the best time. You know, uh, getting SMU that that game's going to be like on ESPN two. It's going to be televised. Uh, Tulsa doesn't have too many opportunities where they're you know televised, so it's going to be televised. It, if they take care of business. You're looking at a Houston game. You know it's going to be on TV now. Whether it's you know in the national spotlight or whatever, probably just depends on who's playing and and how Tulsa looks against SMU. But uh, you know they got they got a chance to be seen a little bit, uh, anyways. You know as far as being on TV and definitely uh, and and coming off of this, you have to have. Um, you have to be encouraged. No matter like you said, no matter how. How uh, bad the team was, or how how much you should have beat them by, anyways. When you overcome a thirty-one point deficit, that has to uh, get you momentum carrying in. To, I mean, I I knew I had a good feeling that Fresno State was defeated in overtime simply because when you're a team that is leading thirty-one to nothing, and then you squander that away, you you lose that lead, and it's that you're you're defeated. I mean, you just yeah. feel, oh, what the heck did we just do? We had this game, and so on the flip side, when you're Tulsa and and you're look, you're staring at a 31 point deficit, and somehow managed to come back and send it into a thrilling double overtime. Uh, it just sends you a lot of momentum your way, and like I said, you take that momentum uh, to SMU uh, on a on a television, you know, maybe look few people could see and and uh who knows who knows what you can do down there at Houston if you take care of business as a I totally agree and just uh just as we kind of wrap this up I, I I do want to say this I mean if if you live in Tulsa or near Tulsa and you're you're a halfway just a college football fan in general you know, take the opportunity on a Saturday night to go out and support the hurricane um you know you can get tickets for pretty cheap and uh it it would just be something even if you're not even a a true like Tulsa fan but you just like college football or football you know go check it out because uh, it'll be a great opportunity and uh who knows you might get on TV <laughs> and you're 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 more than likely going to have a good seat there at Shoah Stadium mate that's right uh, that's right get down there first hand and get a nice close up view for cheap tickets <laughs> that's right <laughs> And so, uh, well, Jared, I mean, it's it's been another wild Saturday. I mean, if you look at the just the college football landscape as a whole, uh, you know, Alabama took care of business. You saw a crazy end to the Colorado-Oregon game. Uh, Colorado ended up winning 48-38, uh, beating the Mighty Ducks. Did you see the end of that LSU-Auburn game? Um, I did. I, I was watching it on the, on the, uh, on the scrolls. I was out of town. 
um, on the road during that game. Well, uh, just just uh, to add insult to injury for Oklahoma State fans, LSU ran uh, uh, last-second play in the fourth quarter, and they were uh, they were losing eighteen to thirteen. They run a last second play, hit a guy in the back of the end zone, makes an amazing catch, gets a foot down in the end zone. Mayhem ensues. LSU is going to win nineteen thirteen. Les Miles is trying to get all his players off the field. Why? Because after the replay, it appeared that LSU did not snap the ball before the clock went to zero, and oh. thus the play was ruled. Uh, to never have happened, and after the game was complete, the score was reversed, and Auburn wins eighteen to thirteen. So Auburn has an uptick, and LSU is now sitting at two and two, and the the hot seat uh, for Les Miles has grown ever hotter. As you know, that's a game that that uh, LSU fans definitely are going to think they should have won. Are so. you kidding me right now? Like. I saw it scroll down, and I saw that you know that line there at the bottom. But I, I to be honest with you, I I was on the road, so I had that time from here to get to the OSU game. I did not see that, and to happen what you said happened, well, that just burns me. Like <laughs> if they if they did that for you know Auburn and LSU game, what? Why could why if? Why couldn't they overview the? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, that's that's the way it goes, and you know it's definitely a terrible way for LSU to to lose. Uh, it's a, a nice win by Auburn. Uh, other than that, I think uh, all the the teams that that needed to take care of business took care of business today. Uh, Georgia did get absolutely smoked by yeah, Ole Miss, that. and I know your uncle Freddie is probably not too happy about uh, that. Um, but, but other than that, oh, oh, and one other Michigan state got, got lit up by Wisconsin 30 to six. And so, so number 11, Wisconsin beats, uh, number eight, Michigan state in East Lansing. And so, uh, Wisconsin's sitting at four and oh now. Yeah, maybe they're a little bit better than what people thought when they opened. Wasn't that LSU that they beat? Yeah. On a neutral site, uh, they beat LSU. Yep. And everybody was kind of down in LSU. I mean, maybe they're a little bit better than. And what they, you know, say, hey, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, and I, would, I, I wouldn't necessarily tell my uncle this. I, I'm kind of, I, I, I had been rooting for Georgia. I, I like Georgia. You know, we went to the game there a few years back in 09. Uh, I was rooting for Georgia because I was actually a big Mark Rick fan. Yeah. I, I love Mark Rick. I love everything he stands for. And I think I think it was kind of a sour deal. The way, I mean, all that he had done, and I I know you're in a big time winning Oregon State, you know, program. You know, it's what have you done for me lately? We want national titles. We don't care about other stuff. I get that, uh, but uh, I hated seeing him leave Georgia. And so now, I'm kind of thinking I'm kind of liking them losing because I'm like, well, listen. You wanted to change, you got it. Yeah. So, 
Where's he at? Miami now? He's yeah, Miami. and right now uh, Miami is sitting undefeated, and they've creeped into the yeah. top 25. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. And, you know, I think that's just fans in general. Um, it's the... The the same fans who want Stoops gone from OU. It's I guess I guess it's the same fans who get disenfranchised with all Gundy's done, and and you know, and who can be mad at Yersich even after throwing up 700 yards of offense last week and 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 all that kind of stuff. We as fans just we don't make a lot of sense most of the time. But yeah, I just I think that that Georgia may may have not known what they had with Rick as far as the stability is concerned, and so you know only time will tell, I guess how that yep. how that decision works out. But Jared, uh, I appreciate uh, that you take the time to be a part of this, and uh, don't forget if you like the show. Uh, download the podcast, subscribe to us, rate us, make an awesome comment. Remember, if you if you comment, we may actually read your comments on the air. And then uh, don't forget, you can go to OklahomaTalking.co and you can find, we have blog posts, team previews, weekly recaps, all that kind of stuff. Or you could also go to Medium.com slash OKSportsShow. Follow us on Twitter at OKSportsShow or on Facebook. And uh, you can always email us at OklahomaSportsShow at gmail. For Jared Kennedy, I'm Jason Evans. Uh, It's been a great week of college football, and we'll see you next week. See ya.